0: Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Paddock Chat, a West Midlands Group original podcast created to keep local growers in the loop without having to leave the paddock. I'm your host, Kira Holly, and I work at the West Midlands Group. In this episode, I caught up with Dendarrigan grower Duncan Glassford to delve into his experience with ameliorating soils and late season soil amelioration in particular. In this conversation, we covered why they choose to wait for the break rather than ameliorating prior to seeding, the paddock prep prior to amelioration, as well as how management changes afterwards, and all the things to consider before giving it a go that will save you time and money. Before we get into it, here's a little bit about the Glassford's operation. Duncan farms a sheep and crop operation with his parents, Ray and Rose Glassford. The operation consists of 70% sheep and 30% crop and is run across approximately 9,000 acres in Dandaragon and Caterby. Now, before we hear from today's guest, I'd just like to say the information provided in this podcast is general in nature and may not be wholly appropriate for your purposes or situation. We recommend that you seek appropriate professional advice before implementing actions based on information provided in this podcast. Right, now that that boring part is over, let's get into the fun part. Hi, Duncan. Welcome to the show. G'day, Kira. All right, so what's keeping you busy at the moment?
1: We're spraying, all the post spraying, spreading urea. Uh, just started landmarking, still feeding a couple of mobs of sheep. Uh, yeah, that's about it. So, yeah, we're still pretty busy. Yep.
0: So, a little birdie told me that you guys, instead of ameliorating in summer, you ameliorate in winter. What made you give that a go?
1: Whether you call it winter, we just wait till basically the end of our seeding, You know, when the soil's completely wet, to do, it, to do our ploughing. Uh, The reason we do that is, you know, we're only doing, we we sort of like to do about three paddocks a year, so we're not doing the whole farm. Uh, And we feel that if we can get over it easily enough in that time frame or in that time period and get the crop in a reasonable time, we might as well do it then and avoid the, you know, reduce our risk of uh, wind erosion and hopefully get a bit better job because the soil is wet or the the subsoil is wet, the topsoil is often dry as a chip still. So, yeah, we feel that's the best fit for our system. And also, because we run, we're running a lot of sheep here. So, lots of the paddocks I'm plowing now are pasture paddocks. So, what I'll do is, which probably some of the agronomists won't like, I'll leave the um, sheep in the paddock, utilising that feed that is there for as long as possible before I plow. Um, And, you know, that way I can defer another pasture paddock to move those sheep onto so that I've got that paddock free plough mm-hmm. and that's so i can sort of maintain my sheet numbers if that makes sense yeah we're, we're a sheet focused system so yeah that's why we'll do it that way
0: so you wait for the first rain and then you go in with what kind of implement do you use to ameliorate
1: uh we use a plaza plough um so the reason for that is we we've got a lot of rock and you know so most of our soil we've got the gravel hills and the sandy sort of hollows so some of those gravel ridges can have a lot of rock in them which, yeah, you know, a spider obviously can't go near and a mole board, yeah, it is debatable whether they can. Uh, the contractors don't like to go, like to go near the rocks, understandably, but people who do own the mole boards apparently are going over rocky country. So the jury's still out on that. But yeah, for us, we feel a plaza plow cheap and easy and. Yeah, we've got the you know got the hydraulic breakout on it, being a Shearer five GP plough. So when we go over that rocky stuff, we can just back the pressure off a little bit, and um, yeah, straight over the top, we barely barely break anything. So we use a plaza plough because we've got a lot of highly variable soil types and lots of rock within paddocks, which a plaza plough can handle pretty well. If you probably don't have that many rocks, you know, a moldboard might be more suitable because it's like I say, it might, it's probably a bit easier with casual staff and can leave probably a neater job and, and and the mobile does do a better inversion there's no doubt about that you know the moldboard basically leaves no, none of that organic matter on top which I suppose is probably it's probably good in terms of the, the soil is probably going to be wetter for longer it'll probably last a little longer is what I'm saying because you've got more wettable soil on top Whereas with a that it does mix to an extent. And then obviously there's a spader. So I think a spader is probably the most suitable machine on good sand with a bit of a clay base because a moldboard or a plaza plough can bring up almost too much clay on top and lead to sealing. So that's why I think, you know, if you look at areas sort of like me and you, where it's better sand plain, they'll mostly use a spader up there because the mold board and plaza plow not so much, you know, can lead to a bit too much clay on the surface. So yeah, I think that's something to consider there in terms of what machine you use. That's my take on it.
0: So when you were researching all these different types, where were you getting your information from?
1: Yeah, West Midlands Group and just talking to people about what they've done and what they've seen work and what hasn't. That's probably the, just, you just got to talk to people and that's what you, you do most of your learning.
0: And do you do any prep? going into was
1: a paddock i'll try to get all the rid of all the rock piles preferably i'd spray top the paddock the previous year if it was a pasture paddock but in saying that i haven't even done that oh, this year I'd, i didn't do that due to a, a lack of feed the previous year didn't even do that and I'm, i've just gone in with a I'm, I'm sowing spartacus barley so i have that ability to get rid of most of the grasses with that but again the agronomist wouldn't be too keen on that idea but for us that's just how it has to be to maintain the sheep numbers and our paddock prebble so yeah spread two to three tons of lime and more recently yeah super copper zinc molly as well to get those trace elements in yeah so the crop has enough of that and yeah that'll set the paddock up for the next 10 years i suppose in, in terms of your trace elements. so they're getting mixed and that way you know late in the season when you know the crop might be flowering it might need a lot of copper the copper will be down in an area where it's most likely going to be wet so the crop's got access to it and yeah that should solve a few issues there which we can have in this area
0: do you have a process when selecting a paddock to plow?
1: My preference is always to plow the paddocks which are being cropped because I, th- I think it's it's always easier to plow the paddocks which have a stubble in there. Pasture paddocks which are getting plowed can be quite root bound so the job's not quite as neat in terms of the inversion. So I like to get all my cropping paddocks done first and now I'm starting to work my way through the sort of longer term pasture paddocks which in, in, in the order of uh, how little they're performing. So obviously the least performing paddocks, I'm trying to focus on them first to get them up to the production level where they should be. So yeah, there's it, not much science behind it. It's just, it's, you just look around and see what, what's not performing. And, and you know, all our soils out here are very sort of responsive to it. So it's not like we've got to can't do that paddock because it might have a extremely acidic subsoil or I don't know, something bad we don't want to bring up. But yeah, we sort of don't have that issue around here.
0: Does your management of that change after
1: you've plowed it well the management becomes a whole lot easier because especially from a cropping perspective because you know that if when you get 10 mils of rain in say april or may you know that that paddock's going to be wet and you can sow into that whereas previously an unplowed paddock i might have to wait for you know 70 or 80 mil and, and the paddock i'll still be raising a bit of dust that's how bad the non-wetting has got around this area it just makes it so much easier like some of our most uh, le- like worst performing paddocks which are now ploughed, they're sort of some of our most productive, and 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 I know that they're going to produce because I can sow a crop dry, and it's going to come up perfectly. Yeah, that's not having a staggered germination and being able to control the weeds because the soil's wet just makes it so much easier. I guess grazing wise over summer, not really much changed. You don't you don't want to graze them too hard once they're ploughed because obviously the soil's a little bit more fragile. But yeah, we still we still get a good good graze out of them.
0: Yes. What
1: about that Yeah, chemical. So, your chemicals are a lot more active post-plan because the soil is actually getting wet. So, yeah, like such, you know, Sakura, Simazine, you know, Box of Gold, they all need moisture to work. Um, so, what we found is you definitely want to use the lower end of the rates just because they probably can be a little bit hotter uh, on your crops, which, yeah, that's not a problem though. I mean, all that means is you're reducing your costs really. You can use less chemical and get the same same result. Win-win. Yeah. Now, from a fertilizer perspective, you're obviously, yeah, you're changing the, the, the soil and that, and, and in doing that, your yield expectation and outcome is going to be a lot higher. So you need to fertilise for that, for that expected increase in yield. Uh, and in particular, potash, I think, uh, on the sandier soils. So you're going to grow a, a big, th- a lot thicker crop. If you say get a dry spring or something and you're low in potash, then yeah, things can fall in a heap pretty quickly because that subsoil you turn over you know if you do a soil test is generally very low in potash because that organic matter on top you know before you plow that's had all the potash you know all that cycling I suppose the plants have ripped the potash up from deep and deposited on top in that organic matter and now you're burying all that so in that top layer especially post plowing, you haven't got much potash there so you definitely want to fertilize more in that respect and and obviously you're going to be yielding more so you're going to be the, the crop requirement is going to be a lot more
0: Hey everyone, I'm just jumping in here quickly to let you know that the Glassfords are actually hosting a WMG demonstration site this year on their Dandaragon property, Waraga. Supported by the Shire of Dandaragon, this project has been designed to evaluate late-season soil amelioration practices and the establishment of pastures that rapidly cover the ground, reducing soil erosion and increasing pasture production. The site was plaza-ploughed and rolled on the 18th of June and then seeded the following day by site host Duncan. Varieties sown include rye grasses forage barley rye corn clover turnip vetch and triticale. stay tuned for the opportunity to check out this demo site later in the season if you would like more information you can get in touch with our mixed farming systems officer brie who is managing the project her contact details can be found on our website at www.wmgroup.org.au all right now for the rest of the episode with duncan so how long have you been working on the farm soil amelioration for?
1: Yeah, so we started the mouldboarding four years ago. We got to the point where it was just out of desperation, really. We're doing a lot of clay spreading, and um, but we're sort of finding we couldn't really get over that much country each year. And the results, especially from a cropping side of things, were not actually that good. So we thought we'd try, you know, some deep plowing. So we got the mold board contractors in to do a paddock, which is... You know, it become very frustrating. It used to be quite a reasonable producing uh, sand plain paddock, but over the years just become progressively non-wetting and, yeah, it got to the point where, I mean, the barley was, you know, I think the last barley crop I grew on it went about oh, probably one half a half tonne or something, which in our area is not really economical. So, yeah, we thought we'd give this ploughing a go. You know, most of our sand does have a bit of a yellow base to it, so the ploughing does suit. Uh, so, anyway, yeah, plough this paddock, seed it to barley, and despite probably wasn't managed as well as it should be, I'd read stuff on, I think I'd listened to GRDC YouTube clips about people down south and they had um, said that their nitrogen requirement post playing was, was a lot less. So I sort of took that as be the same up here. So I didn't put as much nitrogen on as I should have. And during the year, you know, it went a bit sort of yellow and so I thought, oh, that's not working up here, you have to put a lot more on. But I thought, I thought the crop had probably taken a big hit, but come harvest time, it still went around the four tonne mark. So yeah, that was a, a real light bulb moment for us. From then on, we sort of built the plaza plow the following year. Yeah, slowly been chipping away at it since. Yeah, there's a lot of resistance from the parents, actually, with the plaza plow. I think most most young farms around them have the same thing. Um They weren't very keen on the idea, but yeah now these days they're all all for it sort of thing yeah
0: once you see that yield response can't really argue with it
1: yeah exactly yeah yeah it costs you too much to do nothing
0: would you say running an operation that is a 70% livestock 30% crop mix gives you the flexibility to wait for that first rain to then ameliorate uh
1: yes and no um I think if you if you're you know a, a more focused on cropping, and you only aim to do a little bit each year. Then it's definitely achievable to do it in winter for us. As much as it probably w- it, it, we prefer doing it in winter due to less wind erosion and stuff. It's what we also force into it in some ways because you know I'm doing pasture paddocks. Um, or this year I've done mostly pasture paddocks. So I think like I mentioned earlier, I, I've, I'm grazing those paddocks right up to the point of ploughing. so as to defer other pasture products so I can maintain my sheep numbers. So I'm trying to get as much ploughing done each year as I can whilst maintaining my sheep numbers and cropping hectares. If you want to do a huge amount of these, of course you're going to have to start in March. And uh, if you're in a dry area where, you know, we're we're sort of in a 550 mil rainfall zone here, so traditionally a wetter area we can afford to put the crops in later, I'm sort of fairly confident in winter we're going to get a, a good rain each couple of weeks. So... I'm sort of happy to wait for uh, to after the rain, so and know that there's probably going to be another rain coming. Touchwood, that's been that's worked well. But uh, <laughs> next year I'll probably do it in July, and I'll do it late June, and won't have rain to August. But we'll say, hopefully that doesn't happen. Yeah. but you never know those does
0: so waiting for that first rain it reduces your risk but it also fits in with what you're doing
1: yeah it fits in with the, with the sheep being able to have extra additional room to graze the paddocks and defer par, defer the pasture paddocks i mean being a mixed farmer it's all a big juggling act the sheep and the cropping you've just got to find the balance and what's going to work best for your business
0: so you did say earlier that you whack barley in afterwards yeah but why barley why over barley over anything else
1: uh yeah barley because it's a just a, a short season, so it it'll, it'll, if I put it in in June or even end of june i I can still get a good crop uh, and also, I like the grazing because we are sheep focused here I like to graze those stubbles, and that's another point I mean, when I was first investigating you know doing all this amelioration, there was stuff online saying you shouldn't graze your paddocks post plowing and uh, why did they say that the paddocks are fragile, supposedly well they are fragile, I suppose, but certainly um yeah we still graze ours and as long as you maintain you know some stubble it's absolutely fine that's yeah that's another reason we'll grow that barley in that first year just just to get you're going to get a lot more grazing out of a barley stubble than a um than a wheat stubble not saying wheat yeah i know lots of people are growing wheat on their plowed country because wheat can handle uh, acidic soil a bit better because you know when you turn the soil over you might bring up a bit of sour soil in terms of yield wheat might actually be better off but yeah like for us in our in our situation in our system with a lot of sheep, I, I, my preference is to grow barley. And this year on some of my paddocks, I'll, you know, because barley gets up and gets going pretty quickly, I'll probably graze some of those crops during the year. And being a short season barley, I think I'll get away with that and still get an okay grain yield off. I'm sort of trying to squeeze as much ploughing in each year with the number of sheep we have. You know, if I'm going to plough an extra paddock, I'm going to have to be able to graze that crop during the year well that's something that's that's something we haven't previously been doing that but that's what i'll be doing this year just to try and get more country fixed up each year and i don't want to really still
0: getting that productivity
1: yes exactly
0: have you always done grazing of a crop during the season well, or is that new
1: that's for us that's new I, i'm still not a huge fan of the idea but people do it up here but i think um and down south speaking to people down there it's, it's you know very common but they do have a longer a season different
0: down there longer
1: yeah. season down there but um I think it's definitely something, yeah, I've got to look at in my system because, yeah, especially once the soil is plowed, I might be able to, I've got the opportunity to sow early then because, you know, I might get 10 mils or 15 mils in April and I'll be able to sow a crop on that. And therefore, you know, that's far too early to sow a cereal in in Dandaragon, I think. So if I can sow it then and graze it, then obviously I can increase my profitability. So yeah, that's definitely something we're looking at. Yeah. But yeah, we'll see how it goes this year. Well, lots of people are doing it. So
0: what kind of yield response have you been getting after you have ameliorated?
1: Yeah, the yield responses have been massive, especially the second year. Yeah, that, that like I say, that first year, because I'm putting the crops in late, probably not getting the full yield I could be. But say the second year and, and, and years after, uh, lupins especially, last year I had plowed parts of a paddock uh, going, say, two and a half tonne to the head there, And then I'd hit a little patch where I hadn't plowed for one reason or another. I don't know, a tree or something like that it was in the whale. And um, yeah, I'd be down to one ton. Like it was just abs- astronomical, mm. the uh, the yield difference. Being able to get them up early on, on limited rainfall and getting them that head start. But also with lupins especially, the, the way they grow during the year is just amazing where it's been ploughed. They love that. They love that ameliorated soil, definitely more so than any other crop, I think. And yeah, with cereals, yeah, obviously still, yeah, massive yield benefit being out so early. Uh, control you, you can easily control your weeds because you get a good knockdown at start um, and your herbicides work well and you, yeah, your ability to dry seed so yeah it's just massive absolutely massive the yield responses so it's, it's definitely a very rewarding thing to be doing
0: so a worthy the investment oh
1: well i think that in terms of return on investment it's probably yeah the best thing i've ever done on the farm by a country mile it's
0: a big call
1: so, I mean, ploughing only probably costs us, I would say. Plaza ploughing is very cheap to do. I would say it's only 60 or 70 bucks a hectare. So, extremely cheap. And I'll, I know I'll get that back end more in that first year. Last year, where the lupins are going at least a ton better on the ploughed soil. That's a ton of lupins last year worth $500. Mm-hmm. And my, my plaza plough investment would say $70 a hectare. So, I've. <laughs> It's pretty. It, it You're is. Laughing. It is. A, yeah, I'm <laughs> laughing. It's pretty amazing.
0: So, for anyone thinking about giving it a go if they haven't already, what advice would you give to them?
1: Don't don't go and try to do the whole farm in the first year. Probably just do one or two paddocks just to get your head around it all. Maybe get a contractor to do it. Look, roll the paddock. That's probably one which people, some people, won't do, but I think it's probably a good idea to roll your paddocks post ploughing so that you can get a good seed bed to seed into. One thing I, which we we made the mistake of the first year is to make sure you get the, the paddock level uh, prior to rolling and seeding it. Like This sort of means around around every tree, we drag a smudge bar, every power pole, um, and any corners which are a bit, bit rough, we drag a smudge bar to get it level. Because uh, if you don't do it that, that first year, um, you'll probably never do it, and you'll be forever cursing it in the sprayer and spreader and stuff like that. So I'd say definitely put lime on. Even if you haven't soil tested, I think it's fairly safe to say if you're in this West Midlands area, you'll have you'll get a response to lime, and you're not going to be playing for for another twenty or thirty years. So. Probably Absolutely. a good thing. Probably, probably a good thing, Yeah, hopefully, probably a good thing to get some lime down there now and solve that problem. It's a fairly simple process, really. And once you got to head around, you head around driving that plough. So yeah.
0: What's next then? Is there anything else that you're looking into now that's that you're thinking about giving a go or?
1: The clay spreading, I'm sort of trying to focus on the paddocks I intend on keeping in long term pasture, and then I'll sort of just do the small areas of sand within a paddock, especially the whiter sands. So I'll keep doing them and chipping away. I also intend on the paddocks I have ploughed and there's a, the small deep white sandy areas I'm going to clay spread them because I think they'll, yeah they sort of just, the ploughing definitely helps them but at the end of the day they're still sort of lacking uh, much sort of you know sort of body in the soil I suppose. Going forward yeah just keep chipping away at the, the actual plaza ploughing in winter and get all the areas which need doing done and just be smooth sailing and be happy days.
0: Well thanks for coming on
1: today Duncan and sharing your advice. I'm sure it will come in very handy for a lot of people. No, no worries Kira,
0: thanks for having me. Some great advice there from Duncan. Hopefully you've been inspired to think about your current approach to soil amelioration. So what were today's key messages? Waiting for the break of the season to ameliorate non-wetting soils has reduced wind erosion and improved overall results for the glassfords. This method also gives them the opportunity to keep sheep on feed for longer Plaza Ploughing has proven to be the best fit for their soil types and has delivered great returns on investment. You can follow Duncan on Twitter via at Duncan Glassford. That handle will also be in the show notes, along with links to trial work completed by the West Midlands Group on soil amelioration practices in our region. And thank you, as always, for tuning in. We want to know what you want to hear about. In the show notes, you'll be able to find a link titled Podcast Feedback where you can let us know who you want to hear from, what you want to hear about, and it would just give us a better idea of what you guys are interested in. You can stay in the loop by subscribing so that you know when the next episode drops. And if you like what you're hearing, leave a review. I'd like to thank our sponsors and members without whom this would not be possible. See you next time for some more paddock chat. Local knowledge from a paddock near you.